0: Listener production.
1: U.S. stocks and the final day of the month on the front foot. And Aussie shares are poised to
0: open higher on Wednesday ahead of the latest U.S. Federal Reserve decision. I'm
1: Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 1st of November. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, the uh, U.S. and European markets had a similar theme in place with buyers putting their shoulder to the wheel. We saw reasonable improvements on both sides of the Atlantic last night. The Dow Jones up 0.4 of a percent, the S&P 500 up two thirds of a percent, and the Nasdaq up by about a half of one percent. We've got about an hour remaining in the U.S. session. It was a matter essentially of just recovering from the knock that they took yesterday, I think. There's probably no more science about it than that. We have
0: seen stocks headed for their third straight losing month in the United States. The Dow Jones and S&P 500 are down by up to 2.3%. The Nasdaq so far is down 2.7%. And this marks the first three-month losing streak for both indexes since March 2020. I'm talking about the S&P 500 and Nasdaq.
1: Yes, it has been a very challenging month for equity markets in general in the bigger picture, with very few exceptions. Stocks have generally fallen, uh, and they have been down uh, in the order of anywhere between 2 and 3% uh, in general. Uh, Ryan, if you were to summarize it in a nutshell, what's the nub of the issue
0: here? The number of the issue has really been the rapid rise in Treasury yields, and that's on the back of expectations that the U.S. Federal Reserve will keep interest rates high for longer. They're not the only ones. Of course, other central banks may do the same thing with inflation remaining elevated, and we saw the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury yield breach the 5% level for the first time since 2007. And that really did weigh down
1: on risk assets, particularly shares. Indeed. So those moves that you're talking about where interest rate markets are concerned were violent uh, from time to time. And you know, in the case of a 10-year Treasury note, at its lowest ebb, it was trading at around 4.5%, and as you rightly point out, just north of 5 at its peak. So a half a percent move is going to cause a violent response where Other asset markets are concerned, uh, and we have seen that very uh, acutely where stocks are concerned. So just uh, by way of contrast, in Europe, it's a slightly different situation, so it's an exception to the rule. We actually saw a moderation in uh, long-term interest rates. So at their peak, they were just north of 3% 10-year government bonds in Germany, and at their low, they are around 2.8%. Still didn't help um, European stocks, though. It didn't. And
0: the reason for that is what we have seen is an improvement in the inflation story in the Eurozone. So, overnight, we saw annual Eurozone inflation fall to a two-year low of 2.9% in October. That's down from 4.3% in September. So, getting closer to that 2% target of the European Central Bank. On the back of that, the European Central Bank looks dumb as far as rate hikes are concerned. We did see the Eurozone economy contract by 0.1% in the third quarter. So inflation's coming down, but not for great reasons because the economy is contracting. So what that's meant, of course, is that... We have seen some differentials between European and also US shares on the back of this. Still worth pointing
1: out that that um, core rate of inflation in Europe at 4.2%, it's a great example of that struggle that we always talk about, that yes, there have been inroads made to inflation, but still a lot more work to get to the target levels that these central banks aim for. So that's something that we'll um, be looking to get resolved in the uh, the medium term. Obviously, as you rightly point out, GDP in the Eurozone, the annualized pace of growth, 0.1%. It's not even crawling, Ryan. It is a
0: malaise in Europe at the moment. And what is not going to help going forward will be the lift in energy prices. And we did see, however, BP shares closed 4.5% lower last night after it missed third quarter estimates. So, price to perfection some of these energy producers at the moment, and that was reflected in that disappointment. But to your point, Tom, in terms of markets going forward, investors need to see a peak in bond yields, and that'll be needed before we see some relief in the equity markets. Historically speaking, November is a strong month for markets, and traders are hoping seasonal tailwinds will be supportive of a year-end rally. But all hinges on tonight's US Federal Reserve decision.
1: As far as the US economic picture is concerned, it's not something that we'd normally unpack in great detail, the uh, consumer sentiment figures. These ones were produced by the conference board. So the other uh, influential survey that we often talk about is the University of Michigan. But I found this reading interesting, Ryan, because for the fourth consecutive month, there was a moderation in the measure that's referred to as the jobs plentiful index. So this is simply a question that's put to households, you know, how you find the employment market, easy to get a job, not, not easy. It has been contracting a little bit, this, this sentiment, for the last couple of months. These numbers on Friday will be quite important as far as the employment picture is concerned in the US. A few
0: readings over the course of the next few days. The first one being from ADP, we get an update on private payrolls. 150,000 jobs are expected to be added. And then we get the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, which represents job vacancies with job vacancies expected to ease from 9.6 million to 9.4 million in September, still remaining quite solid. And then we get an update on Friday on the employment market with the expectations there of 180,000 jobs to be added during the month of October.
1: But if there's a direction that the needle's pointing in, it's r- really one of uh, continued strength in the jobs market. That's the risk, isn't it? Even though you know, you saw in the, the anecdotes and the consumer sentiment saying, ah, oh, it's a bit tougher, that's not the reality. Well, the
0: best representation of that was last night. We got the latest US labor cost data. Yes. And that was solid. It was up 1.1% in the third quarter. That's the latest indication that the US Federal Reserve could keep interest rates higher for some time and we saw labour costs increase 4.3% on a year-on-year basis. That is a good representation of labour market slack and a predictor of core inflation.
1: Well, the interesting thing, Ryan, is that those figures pale in comparison to what has been negotiated by the United Auto Workers Union. These Pay improvements are off the scale in terms of what has been seen in the last generation. Uh, and the challenge in the US economy is that if this unionized workforce uh, reawakens and starts negotiating like this across the economy, um, this is going to be a very challenging set of circumstances.
0: It is. So what it all points to is the Fed will be still wary tonight of letting their guard down too early after missing their inflation target badly for the last few years. So I think they'll keep on the front foot. They're unlikely to raise rates further unless they see inflation showing signs of a re-acceleration. So at this point in time, we are seeing a deceleration in inflation, but the market's anticipating a dovish announcement tonight. The Fed may be done for the year. Traders are pricing just a 25% chance of an increase in December and a 36% chance of a hike in January. So investors will focus on comments by Fed Chair Jerome Powell about the impact of high treasury yields on the economy in particular. So that's tightened financial conditions and done some of the work for them and to what degree this may affect Fed policy.
1: So let's uh, just quickly run over the numbers as far as Europe was concerned that the close, the UK market just in negative territory, the French market up 0.9 and German market up 0.6. The stock 600 index was up by around 0.6 of a percent as well. So just in monthly terms, we had the UK market down 3.8%, the French market down 3.5%, the German market down 3.8% as well. We have seen a moderation in commodity prices generally. You've got the price of gold down 0.6% to 1994 US dollars per ounce. Oil prices down 1.6% as far as West Texas intermediate crude oil is concerned, so that puts it at $81.02 a barrel. The Aussie dollar has lost some ground against the greenback at 63.4 US cents. The spy futures are indicating a gain of around a half of 1% or 36 points for the ASX 200 when we kick off later on this morning. Thank you very much for your company this morning. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.